Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Some guests of the Oilers Now show receive gift cards to. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it is the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by our regular Friday contributor, Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman. Elliot, I've got to ask you out of the gate, did you have the pleasure of being in Toronto for the festivities last night? Yeah, I was uh, I was here. I was at home. I uh, it was my first night home after the Stanley Cup final ended. So I I watched the game with my wife. She's a big basketball fan. It was it was quite something. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. And you know what? For me, Elliot, this is the first time I wasn't alive for the Blue Jays victories. So this is the first time I've really seen the country in that kind of uh, absolute frenzy. I mean, can you hearken back to? Would the Blue Jays World Series be the most comparable thing to this? Do you think? You know, I, I it has to because you know this is amazing. By the way, uh, this is the second time today I've been on with someone who can barely remember the Jays. Like I can remember it like it was yesterday. I'm 48 years old. I remember when I was the youngest guy in media. Now I'm like the oldest. Um, you know, I, it's very similar. Like the, the thing is, I think we all want to see the Stanley Cup come back to Canada at some point. You know, we may all disagree on which team we want to see win it. I don't care. I'd like to see a Canadian team win the Cup. But, like, say, for example, it was Toronto. Half the country would be watching it, cheering for them, and half the country would be hate-watching it, hoping they lose. (laughs) So, you know, it wouldn't unite us like the basketball or the baseball did. I mean, what's happened in the past couple weeks across the country is amazing. I mean, you know, Kelly's from Calgary, and he said there was – really no Raptors imprint there until the last couple of weeks. And Huey's from Vancouver, and he said the same kind of thing. I mean, you live in Edmonton. You can tell me how it was, but there were a lot of places that really weren't into the Raptors that were suddenly very much into the Raptors. Absolutely, Elliot. And you know what? I, I had the pleasure of being here for the, the Oilers' last playoff appearance, and it was a very similar vibe in the downtown core. Uh the other champion that we need to talk about here is the St. Louis Blues knocking off Boston seven games. I mean, that series, in my opinion, played out almost exactly how we figured it would, going the distance. Uh, do you think the team that deserved it the most ended up winning? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't have a problem with St. Louis winning the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, it was weird. They weren't as good at home as they were on the road, uh, but they were hot entering the playoffs, and um, they deserved it. Like, I, I don't feel that uh, it was undeserved in any way, shape, or form. They had to beat some really good teams to get there. 
Um, you know, uh, Winnipeg was a hell of a team in the regular season. Uh, Dallas, I always thought, was better than they showed, and San Jose, I thought, was really good. And they pounded those teams into submission. And, uh, you know, same happened to Boston. They were they they had to weather the storm early in game number seven, just like they did when they won in Boston game number five. But you're never going to hear me say that they didn't earn the series or they really got outplayed. They were they were full value for that victory. They were great. I'm I've been racking my brain the past couple of days, Elliot, trying to figure out how to phrase this. But seeing what Jordan Bennington did and being essentially a, a write off so close to what the time that he took over do you think that might change the way that teams evaluate their own internal goaltending options if that makes sense like i don't know if it'll do that i i think like i think what it'll do is it's just a reminder that you have to wait with with young players like you know and i always say this you know um you know i know at 22 what a cement head i was you know i'm a much different person I was a much different person at 25 than I was at 22, and I'm a much different person. I was a much different person at 30 than I was at 25, and now I'm 48, and I'm a much different person. I, I think you know some people mature. Um, you know, he saved their season, um, and it's not only mature as a personality; it's just mature in your ability. And and I think it sometimes it takes longer for defensemen and goalies. Um, you know, I you know I, I think that the one thing I think is really interesting from the Blues right now is that you're going to see some teams that maybe missed the playoffs this year that are saying, well, okay, or like, are we comparable to they were? You know, they missed the playoffs last year and now they won the Stanley Cup. They were in dead last in the beginning of the first week of January and they won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see some teams say, is are we comparable to them? Is there something we can draw from them that? makes us say we can be that team next year. So I think that is going to be what kind of goes from this. Uh, Jordan Eberle, one of the bigger ticket uh, potential free agents here, is off the market. He re-ops for five years at $5.5 million in Long Island. Elliot, uh, Mm -hmm. I know the Oilers were at least thinking about him. I don't think they were willing to pay him that kind of money, but is that sort of what the market price was for a guy like Eberle? I think so. I mean, he had a good year. Uh, he had a really good playoff, like some of the best I'd ever seen him play. Um, you know, I think the Islanders made it clear that it wasn't going to be the exact same deal he got last time. Um, and obviously, it's a good fit for him. Like, it, it worked for him under uh, Barry Trott. So, uh, I think I think Jordan Aberley, and, and the other thing, too, is I do think, Brendan, there were people who felt the same way you did that the idea that he was going to come anywhere close wasn't going to happen. So I think if you're in a place where you're happy and, you know, he's obviously got a lot of money in the bank as it is, um, don't screw around with happy. It was one of the best piece of, pieces of advice I got when I was younger, and I, I really believe in it. You know, he knows what it's like to have a situation that doesn't work out for him. And now if he feels this is a good situation for him, always go. And, you know, I, th- there's some rumblings today that they're working on Anders Lee, too. I mean, we'll see. But it sounds like the Islanders are really trying to do a job of getting as many of their guys who are successful this year as possible back in their lineup. Right, and keeping that core intact. Uh, Toronto is trying as best they can, Elliot, as you know, to, to do the same thing. Um, 
but I think in an effort to get uh, guys like Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen under contract, we're starting to hear names that are outside of that core group being floated around. Today it was Garrett Sparks, for example. Uh, Nikita yep. Zaitsev has been linked to Edmonton as well. Do you see a fit here for either one of those players? Um, you know, I wonder, the guy I wonder if you guys are going to take a run at is Varlamov. Interesting. We haven't heard you know, that yet. Well, it's just it's like, I'm not, I, that's just me throwing it out there. Like, I want to make that very clear. Nobody in Edmonton has told me that, you know, that he's a guy on your radar. I, I'm just curious to see if that's a guy that you're going to take a look at. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, we're all assuming Koskinen's coming back, right? Absolutely. Uh, would you feel comfortable with Koskinen Sparks? I don't get the impression because stability has been preached so highly that they would be willing to to take a look at a young goaltender like that over someone like a Varlamov or perhaps even a Jake Allen if he's going to become available. So yeah, and you know what? Like that's another name that's out there. Um, you know, I, I believe a couple of years ago when Peter Shirelli was still the GM, you guys looked at uh, Allen. Um, so, I mean, there's some organizational history there. But I kind of wondered if, like, is going to be an interesting one because he lost the job, his value's not as high, but he's known to be a bit of a streaky guy. So he's a guy I kind of wondered if, if you guys would take a look at him. Um, but, there, you know, to me, Koskinen and Sparks doesn't make a lot of sense for you guys. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev, Ken Holland was mom on that completely as expected. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know how interested you guys are. I've heard, and I'm not trying to take any shots at Darren. I'm not interested in that. Um, but you know, I I don't know about that one. I, I had some people tell me that that one's not as likely. I, I could be wrong. Like I said, I have no interest in taking any shots at at uh, Darren Dregory's good reporter, very good reporter. But I've had people tell me not to go down that path. Yeah, fair enough. And honestly, Bob doesn't see a fit here. I personally don't see a fit here for Zaitsev, so uh, I don't expect that at all. Now, Elliot, as we are joined by Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman here on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. The competition committee met a couple days ago. Connor McDavid, a part of that. Uh, video review, obviously the hot topic thing, but so was the tiebreaker. Can you uh, maybe elaborate on some of the things that came out of that meeting? Well, right now, and I don't have it in front of me, there's a few things, I think it's three things in the tiebreaker, and they've expanded it. There's more now. I think it's because you never want to get to a coin toss, right? Right. So you kind of expand it further. Um, there's, more, there's more categories now. But the big change is that the first tiebreaker used to be regulation plus overtime wins, ROWs. Now they've changed it to just regulation wins. And I think that's the way it should be, especially because, you know what, the play, first of all, there's a chance that it could make uh, late in games more teams trying harder to win. We'll see, uh, because you know you need that tiebreaker. Um, I know that there's a hope that might happen. We'll see if it does. Uh, the other thing, too, is, is that the playoffs are not like what we have a regular season overtime. Like, that regular season three-on-three overtime is fun. It can be really exciting. But it's not at all relatable to the way the playoffs are done. So I think that that's kind of where we are. And they've made that the first tiebreaker, which I like. Uh, video review. Now, when the, when the competition committee gets together, which is essentially a group of players from the association talking to the league, um, 
is there anything concrete coming out of that? Is it a suggestion forum? Like, how, what, what is that process like? Well, basically what you do is you go in there and brainstorm, and you kind of have to reach a consensus, right? And they've been pretty guarded about what they, uh, what they did. But, you know, I, I think from what I understand, a couple of the converse, conversations were about, A, let's make sure that there, if we're going to add video review, it's black and white calls. No subjective stuff. Um, I, that's what I heard. I heard, like, for example, people said there should be video review for that game-winning goal in Game 5 where Bozak knocked over a Charlie and should have been penalized. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Like, I don't want that at all. Like, those, those plays should not be under review. And I don't think there's any interest in that. I think, it's, I think they're looking at black and white things, like puck hitting the netting, um, like puck over the glass, like, do you get hit by your own teammate high stick instead of an opponent's high stick so nobody gets a double minor? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, I also heard that there is a mo- movement to make sure the officials on the ice maintain a call or have some say in it. Um, so I think that that, I think basically what I heard the main thing was, how can we make sure they're getting all the information? Because the thing that everybody agrees is ridiculous is the night of the hand pass in the St. Louis San Jose game, everyone in the building had access to the right call except for the four guys on the ice. And everybody agrees that is what they want to prevent. So changes and ideas that come out of this could be implemented as soon as next year. Is that correct? Yes. So they have to go through a process and, and next week there's two big meetings. There's the board of governors on Tuesday in Vegas, there's the general managers on Thursday in um, in uh, Vancouver. But basically, it goes competition committee, board of governors. They'll see if the GMs want to tweak any of it. I guess will come up there. But basically, they're in position to get a lot a lot of this stuff. Uh, uh, talked about next week when those two meetings take place. Chatting right now with Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman. Uh, Elliot, we're hearing a lot of talk in Edmonton about Corey Perry. Uh, if he's bought out of Anaheim, uh, that he might be a fit here. Um, 34 years old, he's got quite an impressive resume, but he's definitely slowed down in recent years as well. Uh, I'll start by asking you this. How likely is it that he does get bought out of Anaheim? I think there's a, there's a chance. If they don't get... Uh, well, I'll put it this way. If they can't find a move for him, I think it's it's very possible. Yes. What is his value going to be if he does end up hitting the open market? What can you see him signing for? Well, it depends on how many teams are interested, right? Like, remember when Vinny LeCavalier got bought out by uh, Tampa, he got a huge deal in Philly because there was a lot of interest. Now, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen again, but I think there's going to be a lot of tire kicking. So I think it comes down to who's serious and how serious are they willing to be. You know, he can pick his spots. Um, you know, you know Perry, like the, the thing that guys always tell me about this kind of stuff is they say, okay, is, is it the player's contract or he really can't play? And so I don't think anybody argues that, you know, Perry doesn't fit the contract anymore. But, you know, I, I, and he did have times last year he really couldn't play, he really struggled. But I think that there are people who say he can play for us in a certain role. 
I just think that they have to determine how much that role is going to cost them. We'll end with this, Elliot. Eric Carlson uh, set to hit the free agent market as well in this offseason. Uh, he's talked about uh, perhaps Montreal, perhaps Ottawa, and we read today that San Jose is still making a push for him. Uh, is there any inkling what he might be looking to do here? Obviously, any team with cap space would uh, be remiss not to try and pursue this, but uh, where do you think is a likely landing spot? Does he stay in San Jose? Um, I think that their San Jose remains very interested. I think San Jose has made a pretty big offer. Um, you know, I think there's a, uh, there's a couple. Now, I've had some people say that they think it's going in that direction. I've had other people say that, you know, still be wary. Um, I think for family reasons, there's a preference for East Coast. But I think Carlson really loved his liked his time in San Jose. He liked his fit there. Um, but you know what? I think there's a lot of te- like, like I think you're looking at the Rangers. You know, I like I look at Buffalo, and I could see it. You know, that's a team that just gave a big extension to, just gave a big extension to Skinner. They've missed the playoffs a lot. The fans there are unhappy. You know, because they've missed the playoffs a lot. Like, I wonder if they're going to be a player in all this. And um, I think that's just, I think what San Jose has done is they've said, we're making a bid. And we're making a big bid. And I think that's kept them in the conversation. Um, I, I don't think there's, if he, I don't think if he leaves, there's going to be any reason for him to say, I didn't like it there. But I think he's just going to have to weigh that against whatever is else is big out there. So, um, you know, I, I think this, I've always said they've got a chance. And two weeks ago, I reported he was supposed to make his decision in a week. He still hasn't done it. <laughs> so that says to me that they're still in the conversation. Yeah, all right, Elliot, we're going to park it there. Uh, are you going to get to enjoy the parade on Monday in Toronto? No, I'm flying to Vegas. The parade is at 8 a.m. your time on Monday. And that is the time of my flight. That is a tough break. Well, uh, you know what? I'm sure he's going to be alive I'll, I'll be for a okay. while, I'm sure. I'll tell, I'll tell you a funny story. There was one time I was, uh, I was going into, uh, I was in, it was in New York City, and the Olympics were coming on, and I think the Mets were on TV. And I was into this bar. I was like a pretty, like, it was a bit of a dive bar, places I like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, how come you aren't putting the uh, opening ceremonies of the Olympics on? And a couple guys looked at me and said, uh, only if you can figure out a way to bet on a parade. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, I get it. So uh, I, I'm good. I kind of have a bit of that mentality. I think it's going to be a fun day in the city, and I'm sure it's going to be crazy town like it was last night. But I'm okay with going to Vegas. All right, Elliot. Well, safe travels, and we'll uh, touch base next week. All right, take care, Brent. Speak to you later, bud. Absolutely. That is Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman, 152 in Edmonton. We'll step aside on Oilers now back with Dayton Abbott, the intern and NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 
12.55 in Edmonton. We're going to go off to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Get the hottest branded items for summer like blankets, camping chairs, coolers, outdoor games, and more. We've got Dayton Abbott hanging out with us for the next few weeks at 6.30 Chet. He's helping produce. He is the intern here. He's a jack of all trades, and he's bringing NHL today. Jordan Eberly and the New York Islanders agreed to a five-year contract extension worth 5.5 mil per season. He's 29 now and is coming off a 19-goal and 18-assist season. The Flyers acquired defenseman Matt Niskanen from the Capitals in exchange for Radko Gudas. Yes, that makes Radko Gudas and Tom Wilson teammates. The Caps are trying to re-sign Carl Hagelin as well, as that Niskanen trade cleared up $3.4 million in cap room. The Sabres added Mike Bales as a goaltending coach and Don Granado as an assistant to Ralph Kruger. He was with the Blackhawks for the last two years after stints with the Blues Farm Team and the University of Wisconsin. The Lightning signed defenseman Cameron Gauntz to a standard contract, and the Flames have inked Itu Talola to a three-year entry-level contract. He played in Everett for a season before heading back to Finland for the last two seasons. The Edmonton Oil Kings traded defenseman Will Warm to Victoria for a fifth-round pick in the 2021 Bantam Draft. That is great stuff, Dayton. Hey, got to remind you that 6.30 Ched is challenging you to accurately predict the top eight picks this summer at the NHL Draft. That's part of the 6.30 Ched NHL Mock Draft Challenge presented by AMJ Campbell. Whoever can successfully pick the top eight picks of the draft in the correct order will have a chance to win $500 cash courtesy of AMJ Campbell. Enter your mock draft at 6.30Ched.com and you could be $500 richer. We do have our picks up on our Twitter page. We also have a link to that contest as well. Check it out at Oilers Now. Still to come, we'll hear from top prospect in the WHL, Matthew Savoy out of St. Albert. We will also get an Eskimos season preview from The Voice here on 630 Chad. That is Morley Scott coming up at 135. Right now, we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwin. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.